Welcome to Deadline Scene to Scene Podcast, formerly known as the New Hollywood Podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Complex, and I'm an associate editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. This is a special episode as it's one of the three episodes taking place during the Sundance Film Festival. Now, as you know, the in-person festival was canceled due to rising concerns of the Omicron variant, COVID-19, and Sundance has moved to an online screening format for the press and attendees. Today's guest is John Boyega, star of the Sundance U.S. Dramatic Competition entry 892, which is directed by Abby Damaris Corbin and written by Corbin and Kwame Kwe Arma. Along with Boyega, the film also stars Nicole Bahari, Salinas Leva, and the late Michael K. Williams. 892 is the tragic true story of Marine veteran Brian Brown Easley. The film tackles the ongoing struggle for veterans to adapt to civilian life after service, the obstacles they face when seeking care, seeking benefits, and seeking societal recognition. Now, the story follows uh, Brian Brown Easley at a vulnerable time in his life when his disability check fails to materialize from Veterans Affairs, he finds himself on the brink of homelessness and, you know, breaking his daughter's heart because of his situation. He's not able to see her as often as he would like. With no other options, he walks into a Wells Fargo bank and says, I've got a bomb. Now, in this episode, my guest and I talk about how he tapped into the psychosis of Eastley's character and the character's struggle with PTSD, what it was like working with Michael K. Williams in one of his last performances, and talk to, he talked to us about his upcoming projects, which includes the exciting uh, Gina Prince-Blythewood film, The Woman King. Now, I was a veteran for a, I've been a veteran as long as I was in the Air Force, which is about seven years. And I can tell you, I've seen the film and it hits really close to home. Uh, It's some of the most accurate portrayals of the systemic issues with the VA that I've seen uh, in quite a while. So I'm excited for you guys to listen uh, and hear what John Boyega and I talk about. So let's get into it. I want to just sort of get right into it because I, I watched the film and it was moving, triggering, and all of that good stuff because I was in the military for a long time too. I did seven years in uh, the Air Force and currently deal with the VA now, so I know exactly what uh, Brian was going through. Um, how did you stumble, um, not stumble, but did this role come to you? Um, or did you sort of seek it out? How did you find your way to this role? Um, it came it came spontaneously, actually. Um, I was actually resting after spending some time with family. I was in Atlanta, and then um, I got the request saying that there was a film in which they unfortunately lost their lead due to scheduling. Um, and it had actually been a script that uh, Kwame had, had uh, put in front of me years ago, years prior, but because of scheduling, I couldn't even do it. Um, so it kind of felt like a full circle in that moment. I just made that kind of spontaneous choice to um, go to LA because we shot a lot of it in LA, go to LA and go and um, go and shoot it. So it, it just, it really literally felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, as we like to say, you know, it 
internally in the team it, was, it felt kind of spiritual because it kind of picked us up all up in a spontaneous moment for the character did you what research did you do uh for the character in order to like tap into the psychosis of brian because i was watching a movie he moves like he's still in a war zone and yeah i think I think first and foremost, it was just understanding the man, the human being um, behind the narrative. Um, I didn't want the narrative um, of him going into a bank and all those, all those details to be um, the motivation solely. I just wanted to know more about the man. And um, funny enough, Abby had so much um, um, documents. Uh, she had pictures, CCTV foot footage, um, some um, recordings of, of, of voice interviews. And so that and a combination of many things, discussions uh, was used for, for the research. I think it was a, by the time I was told about the role, it kind I think it was like a two or three week turnaround time in terms of prep for this. Oh, wow. um, and so Abby came with a lot of, a lot of the, the stuff that she had kind of like collected over the years during the development. So that was my like kicking start, you know, point just to get to know the character and to build him up from there. Do you, um, this is a little bit of a deviation, but do you know anyone that served in the military? Um, no, no one, or, no. No? No, one no one personally. Ah, okay. Because I was curious to know if the system over there is as screwed up as it is here. Um, yeah, a lot of people say that. I think with um, the military over here, I personally don't know. I'm not, I'm not really a, a big you know, military guy. I don't know all the details in terms of what people face here. But much like, you know, everything you know, in comparison, you guys are just so much bigger. So I'm sure that there is a distinct, you know, difference. You know, you guys mm. are just a bigger population, um, a lot more stake in war. Um, and we are, you know, we are of support to you guys on the field. So I don't know um, what the difference is in UK wise. For me, the role was just about fixating on Brian, um, mm. fixating on the emotions that needs to be emoted based on the detail. Um, his condition with PTSD, he struggles with that. Um, as showing the slow deterioration of his mentality over time while he was in that bank. And what, working with, um, like the set is, is very closed off and feels claustrophobic. Can you talk a little bit how, a little bit about how the director sort of staged it to look that way? Cause it, it's, it's very uh, cinematic, but it's also very theatrical as if I was watching sitting in an audience and watching it as a stage. I think that fundamentally it feels like theatre, especially on film, because it's based in one place, you know, and theatre has always had that that quality to give you one space um, in which you're kind of like introduced to a nuance and, and a plethora of characters. Um, and I think that's what you have here is what it's, it's one place being shot so differently at several different moments in time, you know, like much like the moments in which uh, Brian, you know, explains to the WSB reporter about why he made the decision. That transition was very beautiful, kind of changed the space before you went into Brian's memories. Mm -hmm. uh, and much like, you know, Abby's use of slow pans and, uh, and, and, and really airy, creaky close-up shots that are just slowly creeping in. I think like she had a, a definite, along, obviously alongside with a cinematographer, I think she had a vision um, that was very specific, but at mm -hmm. the same time, given that we were all in one space, it was actually very, very fluid, very fluid. And, and it did feel like, like theater. So hence why I feel like you, yeah, you would get that like claustrophobic kind of feeling. And one thing I noticed, you know, as Brian was, you know, going along on this, this journey, 
is that when he linked up with someone who had a similar experience as him, he he was able to calm down a little bit. And and can you talk a little bit about that relatability and what that's just like on a on based on the character and what it's like for you on a human level? Well, um, I don't know. I don't know if if if, if he was always calm. I think it was. Um, you know, there's always, there's always something about Brian too that he ain't slow. <laughs> it right. sometimes felt like people, you know, people were being nice or relating to him or telling him stories with empathy because they really wanted to get one over him. Right. So I, I think um, in the reality of the performance, I was dealing with like me and Abby would just describe it as you know calm Brian and 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 then really frantic Brian, like Brian that's been affected by the past, the PTSD Brian that kind of uh, tries that like it sink, sinks in. Um, and to play that balance meant that there were moments where, you know, like N Nicole's character, she comes in and, 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 and tries to relate to him and says, says all the right things. And Brian's response is, you know, are you trying to are you trying to mention your husband and your kid and all this kind of stuff to get one over on me? Right. So it was like, you know, uh, it's an ongoing mixture of, of, of frantic emotions um, rather than a kind of like clear line of, of, of direct communication and for me as an artist I had to pretty much embrace that confusion because that's literally where Brian's at in that moment. And working with Michael K. Williams and what I assume is one of his last uh, roles before he passed on, can you talk uh, about what that was like working closely with him? and building that absolutely incredible i mean just just to say first off like i personally um requested um michael i really i really wanted him i didn't think he would do it i really wanted him to do it um and when i found out that he just you know without hesitation um signed on to the to the gig a gig that he really didn't even need to sniff at um, right. i was just really appreciative of that but not only that but just you know the energy that he brings because obviously i had been a big fan since the wire right so I, me personally requesting him I just wanted I, I felt like I, I saw this man and I saw this demeanor and I saw a nuance in character and I was kind of like you know I'd love to play off against Michael K Williams so to just see him come on set um and to get involved you know this this was um a commitment that was um far beyond the line you know because a lot of the scenes you see that were on the phone a lot of the times you know Michael would still make make it a point to come in on days that he wasn't needed and to read those offlines and be with you in those scenes you know and right. so you know it just it just it just goes to show you know good energy good guy probably the greatest smelling man in hollywood and i'm you know, <laughs> I'm, glad he, I'm glad he gave me a bottle i'm glad he gave me a bottle you know just just a like a lovely lad and and when you talk about like you know energy and stuff creating that with uh your two co-stars oh my what gosh what was that like because it was an, it's a tense environment and it's just the three of you it was incredible it was incredible in an environment in which because of the intensity of character and um i stayed in it a lot of the time stayed in a space not method acting but staying in a space in which accessing these emotions that are quite new to me because i've never been through these um, experiences like brian you know i've never i've never experienced what brian experiences and that's i have to do the work right so in 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 feeling that and 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 in trying to uh, to, to get to that I was I was heavily affected by the support of my co-stars like they were really really there for me not even in terms of uh, just support you know on some emotional stuff but I just mean in terms of you know partnership as actors um you know 
the energy that we shared we, we, we've seen you know the, the, the dialogue going back and forth to give everything much more of a, of, of a fluid tone you know they were really really in, in, in full mode on that one I, I honestly I don't think I could have done um, a lot of what I could have done with, without without those those ladies there to really really push me through with, with, with something to react to Right, because Nicole Bayari is always on her A-game and Selena's Leva as well. So um, I really thought that the energy was was super tight there. No, and it was incredible. What I'm curious to know, are there any types of roles that you're looking for specifically now? Do you, do you pick based on genre? Do you pick based on feeling, vibe? Um, what draws you to... You know, yeah, it's, a, it's a combination of various things. I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's vibe is where I'm at at the moment. It's what the schedule allow. It's pay. It's who's involved. You know, it's you know, it's it's a lot of things. The combination of 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 some box ticking on the business side, and then at the same time, if I'm feeling the story, if I feel drawn to it, um, and if if, if I feel it's, it's a role I can do justice. Mm -hmm. And do you? Is there any? genre specifically that you're looking to tap into because you've done sci-fi and drama i think romance you know just definitely romance you know i think i think it's just about the the right story and and comedy comedy would be great um the only genre i, I just literally have a question mark on is horror like i just don't understand that genre all the way like that <laughs> that's the only one i don't really get i'm like i don't i, I think i enjoy just watching it like i don't know if i would want to film that for a few months <laughs> <laughs> a lot like like what is this like I don't know man it just feels a, it, it feels like a big commitment you know but I I think with other genres I'm much more you know much more you know open you know in that sense I did not expect the horror comment that came out of nowhere um but I oh, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't I haven't really I haven't even done any I haven't even done any horror like it's always a mixture of of, of horror and sci-fi horror right. thriller you know it would have to be a mix of but horror just by itself just Everyone getting yam up? I'm not talking about nothing like The Exorcist or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's what I had in my head when it's like pure horror, <laughs> just no, no cross genres. You know, that's the only genre where I go, oh, I don't know. You know, it, it, maybe it's something like It, you know, a role like right. you know, in It or something, that'd be cool. But, you know, that still is a mixture of genres in itself anyway. So, yeah, that's the only one. I'm curious to know your process of like, when you're acting, do you find yourself sometimes taking home the burden of those roles with you? Or are you one of those who can sort of, when the day is over, the role's over and you go back to sort of being John? I don't know if that- Yeah, no, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine with that stuff. I'll go, I'll go, back, to, I'll go back to being John. You know, I don't, I, I don't know everybody else's experience with it, but I've found um, that is it's, it's more the intensity of work the commitment the time spent away from family that is more you see the emotional reflection of that but in terms of the role in in that sense nah you know they done they done you know um and i don't know when i'm on set I'm, you know there, there is an awareness of acting you know there's just an awareness that that, that the cameras are there that we've got you know a supportive crew so I'm, I'm able i'm able to you know thankfully take the take the gloves off nice i you know I know, like you said, everybody's, you know, process is, is different. And when yeah, I look yeah, at sure. the performance of 892, I'm like, man, like, you know, that's not something that as a viewer, I was able to sort of just let go of. Exactly. Do, yes, do, yeah. You know, my connection to the experience um, 
the Black experience, the military experience. Um, so I'm just wondering, I was just wondering as an actor, how you tap in and tap out of that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I literally like since, since drama school was, was kind of enthusiastic about the journey of an actor is not to play oneself, you know, and, 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 and this was always going to be a big journey that I was going to make. And Abby was really, really clear about that. And especially, you know, just to make this turnaround time was ridiculous, you know, in, in terms of how long I had to prep for this. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it requires, a, you know, sometimes the ability to jump, you know, sometimes the ability to just go with it. And, and, and that was definitely a combination of that on this one. Wow. Okay. And, and so what can we sort of expect from you uh, in the future in terms of films, roles? Are you going to be getting back on stage? Like, um, next thing I'm doing is with Jamie Foxx and Tiana Paris, a movie called They Play in Tyrone. Um, and then after that, I'll be doing The Woman King with Viola Davis and uh, Thuso Mbedu. I'm about to actually go and shoot that now with Gina by the, by the Wood Prince um, directing it. So um, I'm excited about those two coming up. Um, and then after that, some rest because... Right. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to chill now. <laughs> I'm like, bloody hell, done quite a lot um, over over the COVID period, thankfully, you know. And so, you know, it would be they clone Tyrone and the Woman King up next. Oh, the Woman King, that's going to be, I mean, some of everybody is in that one. That has to be like, whew. No, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Um, And, and you know, the, the, the ladies are in South Africa now, you know, working and grinding, so. I'm, I'm, I'm actually prepping to join them in the next few days. Nice. And what I, one question I want to ask before I, I go is what, when people watch 892, what do you hope that they gain from watching Brian, um, Brian's experience and want them to know about Brian? I think much, much, much like me, a person who, has no um, military personal military connections. I think um, at first is a is an eye opener into a perspective that a lot of us will not experience. You know, even if you know you have a family member, there's still that secondary experience. Like we we will never be able to feel, you know, those shoes of of, of what our, our our veterans go through. Um, and this movie gives us an insight because we don't always get the opportunity, you know, especially those of us that don't have any members of our family part of the military to um, get into the mind of, of, of what this does to you, the commitment, um, you know, and then just to influence the, the, the energy of, of looking out for your neighbor, you know, of, of, of looking out for your brother and, 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 and of having that, that genuine empathy that could somewhat help someone, you know, and, and the rest of it, I think it, it is a, a, hard, um, a hard look into, a, in, into a, a, a real destructive course that, an unfortunate innocent man had to go through, you know, based on these circumstances. So I think there's a, a lot to take away, a lot to take away from this. Um, 892 is is as close to the truth as it gets when it comes to the experience. Yeah, it's um, I have been, you know, I've dealt with the VA for a long time and it's always mm -hmm. long waits and people being yeah. left out and you know, but I'm glad that Abby was uh, able to bring that to the forefront. Thank you 
so, so much for uh, chatting with me uh, at the Deadline Scene to Scene podcast. And I look forward to uh, more of your projects and thank you. you did phenomenal here. So thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you.